Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Military Security Affairs Committee. It's been a, about five months, I guess, since the last time we met. I think it was in October when the Adjutant General came and spoke to us. Uh, we had originally scheduled for the uh, Center for Domestic Preparedness to be with us today for some other technical reasons and things they're doing in their organization. They're not able to be with us live. So we've got some other speakers today. And uh, before we get started, uh, again, thank you for joining in. I'd like to have a quick word of prayer before we get started, if you'll join me. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time to come together as an organization in this community, family and friends. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings and opportunities you provide us each and every day. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask you, please continue to watch over us and guide and protect us in all that we do. Please be with all those who could not be with us today for whatever reason. Thank you for those that are traveling today. Please be with them and let them arrive back home in a safe and sound manner. Please watch over our families, wherever they may be. Watch over our military personnel and their families, wherever they may be serving. Please protect them while they protect us. And all this we pray in your name. Amen. So our first speaker today is Colonel Tim Alexander. He is the Chief of Staff of the 167th Theater Sustainment Command. And I'm going to turn it over to him right now to get into his presentation. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Uh, it's great to be here today and uh, to talk to you a little bit about the uh, 167th uh, Theater Sustainment Command. Uh, many of you may or may not know about the Theater Sustainment Command. Uh, we are right out the back gate at Fort McClellan. A lot of folks don't know we're there, uh, but I uh, wanted to take an opportunity today to introduce uh, myself and ourselves to you and let you know about uh, your neighbors here at Fort McClellan. Uh, it's a special bait to be here today. Chuck, thanks again for the, the, the welcome. Uh, I've got a lot of great ties to the uh, Aniston McClellan area. I went to uh, many years ago, went to basic training here back in 1989. So, uh, Got that experience and then from 02 to 04 right after uh the 9-11 attacks uh, we were here for operation noble eagle uh had about 350 soldiers and uh, we guarded the chemical weapon stockpile at the aniston army depot as well as providing some additional security for the aniston army depot and we lived here on fort mcclellan so uh for any of y'all familiar with area i think Ms. my here her barbershop's cut my hair more than uh, any any one single person probably has cut my hair in my life so uh Got a lot of ties to the community. So just wanted to give you a quick uh, command brief uh, and talk to you about what we did here. Again, uh, I'm the chief of staff here at the TSC and I'm also uh, the, that's my, my M day job or my drilling job, what I do on drill weekends uh, as well as during the week, but I'm also the MACOM administrative officer. And that means I'm the senior full-time supervisor of the full-time force we have here at the TSC. All right, next slide, please. All right, just a real quick look at our agenda. Next slide. So looking at our command team, uh, we, we are a multi-general officer uh, command group. Uh, we have a two-star CG, uh, Major General Sylvester Cannon. Uh, he is uh, just recently on board as of around uh, October, November of 2020. He formerly served as the Deputy Adjutant General. Uh, Y'all, of course, had uh, Major General uh, Cheryl Gordon here. So he was her deputy uh, uh, in his previous assignment at our Joint Force Headquarters. Uh, our uh, Deputy Commanding General is uh, Brigadier General Terry Grisham. Uh, General Grisham uh, was recently promoted to one star back in late 2020. Uh, he works full-time on his full-time job up at uh, Redstone Arsenal at AMCOM uh, in a civilian uh, capacity, uh, but he's our Deputy Commanding General here, and he was formerly uh, an ATAG, uh, one of our Assistant Managing Generals down at Joint Force Headquarters. 
And then uh, Command Sergeant Major Stallings uh, has been with the unit uh, for many years. Uh, he has over 32 years of service. Uh, he was previously the Command Sergeant Major of the 111th uh, Explosive Ordnance Group uh, out of Opelika. And uh, he both, uh, I was, uh, so when General Grisham was a Colonel, I was his uh, Brigade Executive Officer. So I've got some experience with him, of course, working with General Cannon uh, many years. And then uh, Sergeant Major Stallings and I grew up in the uh, Armory and Cavalry community uh, in our uh, assignments over the years. All right, next slide. So uh, you're very familiar with us. We're here at Fort McClellan. Uh, but what a lot of people don't know is, is the 167 Theater Sustainment Command is the only theater sustainment command in the National Guard. Uh, we have two higher headquarters that we work for. Our next higher headquarters is uh, Army South, and that's based out of uh, uh, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, that's where their headquarters at, and they have a two-star uh, two-star commanding general as well, uh, Major General Walrath. And then our their higher headquarters and our higher headquarters beyond that is U.S. Southern Command, uh, which is responsible for Central and South America as a combatant command. So we're unique in that we are an Alabama National Guard unit, and as you'll see later in the presentation, but we do have both Title 10 active duty soldiers here stationed at Anniston, as well as uh, traditional Alabama National Guardsmen uh, that are full-time and our drilling National Guard soldiers on the weekend. So we're really unique in the National Guard structure in both uh, what we do and our headquarters and our mission. Next slide. All right, our mission, uh, 167 Theater Sustainment Clan plans and executes theater opening, distribution and sustainment operations across the range of military operations in support of a multi-domain theater area of operations. So as I said, we're responsible for sustainment across Central America and South America. Uh, the, to give you a comparable uh, organization, the first theater sustainment command is responsible for the same mission in the CENTCOM AOR. So the Afghanistan, Kuwait, that, that entire central command area of operation. So it's a huge responsibility and a huge uh, mission uh, that we manage. And our vision is uh, for us to be the Army's expert in rapid, reliable, and adaptive sustainment uh, solutions anytime and anywhere. All right, I'm gonna cover, just a, I'm gonna cover every one of these, but I'll cover a few, a few key operational facts about the organization. Next slide. Okay, so we are assigned, like I just told you, to our, our, our command structure. We're assigned to an Army Service Component Command and a Geographical Combatant Commander. Uh, we're a headquarters unit. We're a theater sustainment command. We have a command group and special and, uh, special staff and a special troops battalion that handle all of our internal sustainment and keep the organization running. Uh, it can deploy a ESC or an Expeditionary Sustainment Command uh, when we determine that that's needed. For example, uh, here in Alabama, we have the 135th uh, ESC, uh, Expeditionary Sustainment Command. When they are deployed uh, to CENTCOM, they are actually first TSC's uh, command post forward. So that's, that's kind of how that relationship would work. If we ever have to, would have to go forward, we could use a, uh, a uh, ESC to be our uh, command post forward. All right, next slide. All right, we're focused on strategic and operational sustainment. Uh, we are a headquarters provides mission command of subordinate organizations and functional units. So we don't have any direct and in, in a, in a uh, real world scenario, we don't have units assigned. We have units assigned to us in our, our, our command hierarchy here in the state uh, for our National Guard uh, chain of command and our National Guard down trace direct reporting units. But if we were to deploy on active duty to support the Southcom and Army South, uh, units would be assigned to us uh, as a down trace units. We would do a request for forces. Uh, function, we would get those units assigned to us. We're the, uh, we were deployed to a um, uh, combatant command. Uh, we are the senior army sustainment headquarters within an area of responsibility. Uh, we uh, also ensure the physical flow of inbound forces, non-unit cargo. We make sure those priorities are met. We do uh, 
uh, enter, um, uh, just transit monitoring, uh, organization control, et cetera. Uh, we also monitor uh, the theater ports of debarkation, theater distribution network. So a lot that we do to, to make sure that within the theater, sustainment operations are happening. All right, next slide. All right, give you a little quick uh, overview of the unit. Again, we talked about Southcom and Army South. Uh, we're a multi-component National Guard flagged organization, as I mentioned. We've got about 359 personnel on our MTO. Uh, as I mentioned, we've got uh, 35 authorized active duty slots here, uh, 45 uh, uh, active guard and reserve or technician positions, which are our, our National Guard full-time force. Uh, we've got some additional M-Day soldiers in there. And bottom line, when you total all that up, uh, we're authorized about 359 soldiers, and we're sitting at approximately about 320 of those now, or 89%. So uh, just a great organization and a lot of folks out here uh, when we're fully manned up outside the back gate at McClellan. All right, next slide. All right, so as you would imagine, being a National Guard unit, we, we of course have that federal mission, but we also have a state mission. Our state mission is to provide resources, guidance, readiness, oversight, and to make sure that if the state of Alabama needs us for something, We've got ready soldiers and a ready unit able to take care of uh, anything that goes on the state as far as natural disasters or supporting operations as uh, dictated by our state partners uh, when we're called upon and needed. Uh, if you look at the org chart there, of course you see uh, we, we on our M-Day side, we fall under the governor, uh, National Guard Bureau, and of course all that we're commanded by Major John Gordon, our, our adjutant general. And if you look down below us there, we've got several down trace units. Uh, we've got the 111th uh, Explosive Ordnance uh, unit uh, there and that, that's down in Opelika. We've got the 279th Army Field Support Brigade that's uh, up at the Huntsville and uh, work out there near Redstone. And then we've got the 440th uh, uh, get my next page here and get on my we've got the uh, 440th Theater Movement Control Element. We've got the 1307th Explosive Hazards Coordination Cell and then we've got some other JAG units. So the 1307th Basically, they receive and track explosive hazard uh, information, uh, maintain landmine databases, and do pattern analysis of explosive, ha explosive hazards uh, uh, incidents. Uh, the uh, 279th Army Field Support Brigade, again, they're the only AFSB in the National Guard, and they provide integrated acquisitions, logistics, technology, uh, and support to organic and augmented uh, capabilities amongst uh, the uh, supported Army forces. We've got the uh, 111th Explosive Ordnance uh, um, team there and uh, they basically uh, deploy to a theater of operations provide mission command to all of our EOD assets that fall up underneath them which include the 441st EOD battalion the 641st and 666 EOD companies and then additionally we've got the as I mentioned the 440th theater movement control element uh, they uh, do uh, container management highway regulation and coordination for moving personnel and materials through a theater We've also had the 1930th Regional Trial Defense Team and 329th Field Trial Defense Team. So at the TSC, we have an 06 JAG, and for the state of Alabama, we basically hold the uh, administrative boards and any, um, any court uh, type uh, activities that take place. We have the convening authority for those. All right, next slide. All right, and our federal mission, our federal mission, uh, plan and execute theater opening, distribution, sustainment operations, uh, just basically, of course, looking across uh, all military operations. We talked previously Army South, Southcom, and then the TSC here in Anniston. All right, next slide. On this next slide, I'm really gonna focus on uh, our uh, lines of effort. Of course, uh, Southern Command's, uh, Southern Command, uh, you know, they've got their lines, of, you know, their primary line of effort is countering threats. 
uh, strengthening partnerships and building our team. Uh, Army South is disrupting transnational and transnational threat networks, uh, rapid response, and then building. Here in Alabama, you know, with the TSC, our, our primary lines of effort are building and maintaining unit readiness, accomplishing the combatant command and Army service component command objectives, and uh, be a leader for sustainment initiatives and training for National Guard sustainment units. So looking at our, our internal command organizational structure, you can see there we're, we're typically set up like a division or higher unit. We have a, a commander, a deputy commander, a special troops battalion, the commander of course has his special staff. I serve as the chief of staff and uh, my primary job is managing uh, the G1, the, the G9 and the DMC. And if you look at the slide, you can see there, we're very robust headquarters. The green blocks highlight that they're actually full-time soldiers here uh, working in Aniston on a daily basis that manage those special staff functions. So we're, we have a very robust uh, full-time uh, staff uh, running day-to-day -day operations. Right, next slide. Now the heart and soul of what we, uh, we do there at the TSC is managed by the Distribution Management Center. And that's led by an 06. Uh, so as a, as a chief of staff, I'm an 06 there and run the staff. But this is such an important uh, element of what we do that there's actually a Title 10 or active duty 06 colonel that helps run this entire dist distribution management center. It is the center of gravity for everything we do at the TSC. Uh, they're our direct li uh, uh, liaison to our strategic partners, DLA, uh, just you know, Army Sustainment Command, uh, uh, you know, a breadth of partners that we have in the sustainment community. And as you can see, looking at the slide there, they manage, uh, they, they are the heart and soul of what we do as far as distribution management and sustainment operations uh, in our organization. Right, next slide. All right, so to wrap up, uh, just basically want to leave you with these thoughts. Uh, the TSC is a key enabler in, uh, for operational reach, freedom of action, and endurance of uh, the Joint Force or Joint Task Forces of the Southcom AOR. Uh, we're linked at the hip with our strategic partners through all phases of the operations that we conduct. Uh, we're the center of expertise regarding sustainment and operational environment, a leader in the sustainment community, and the single logistics focal point for Southcom and the Armor South uh, response. All right, I, that's all I have today for you. It's been a pleasure to sit up here and talk with you today and uh, kind of give you an overview of the TSC. Uh, appreciate your time again and your interest. And uh, with that, I'll turn the uh, back, back over to Seth. Anybody have any questions? Okay, thank you very much again for your time today. I'll turn it back over to Chuck. Thank you, Tim. I've known Tim Alexander for a long, long time. I got to work with him when I was still active. Um, the Theater Sustainment Command is one of the most dynamic units in the Alabama National Guard and in the uh, inventory in the United States. Uh, he rushed through that very quickly. Um, if you dial down each and everything that he went into, it's an, it's an incredible amount of information and an incredible amount of men and women and uh, they may be 350 strong, but they, uh, when they're in the field, when they're in their uh, operational environment, there are thousands of people that depend on them to do what they do, to get where they're going, to get what they need. Uh, if there was a, a sense of a, a time of emergency in our country, uh, this organization has the ability to dial into, say like, Walmart distribution center and figure out what it is that they have that we could use for uh, whatever emergency it is. Uh, a lot of things going on. It's a, it's a great thing for the Aniston community to still have 
this large of a unit in, in our area. And that's, that's out the back gate of the uh, training center here who does a, a different role of, of uh, military operations as well. So glad to have you as a partner, glad for you to be here with us. It's good to see you again. Good congratulations in your new job and uh, I know you're doing well. Now I'm gonna uh, ask another good friend of mine, um, Robert LeBranch, what's your name? Robert LeBranch, uh, who I served with on the uh, Military Stability Foundation for Alabama. I've been on there for a couple of years and Robert is our executive director and uh, he is the key person for our organization to uh, do legislative work, do all kinds of things behind the scenes to make things for Alabama to be the most military friendly state in the United States. So Robert. Hey, good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you uh, today. And um, as Chuck said, I'm the executive director of the Alabama Military Stability Foundation. Uh, Chuck actually serves as our chairman uh, of the Military Stability Foundation. And we're uh, so pleased to have his leadership um, on, the, on the foundation. Um, the foundation was created along with the Military Stability Commission in 2011. Um, it was at that point, uh, it seemed imminent that we were gonna have another round of base realignment and closure. And so in order to make sure that we had um, adequate uh, collaboration throughout the state and making sure that we're protecting our military missions, um, then Lieutenant Governor Kay Ivey um, moved to create this organization um, that would provide funding to communities um, to protect our military installations. Um, and until a few years ago, we were really mainly focused on infrastructure needs. We were focused on economic impact data. Um, and we still use that as a focus, but another focus that has come into uh, play um, in a big way is, um, is our uh, military family support um, and making sure that we are um, tending to the needs of, of military families uh, and, and providing good military quality of life. Um, our chairman of our commission, uh, which the foundation supports, is Lieutenant Governor uh, Will Ainsworth, uh, and we have members of our commission um, from throughout the state, um, and including uh, in this community, we've got uh, Greg Potts and Nathan Hill um, from this community representing um, Aniston. Uh, and we also do have uh, folks from all of our other military um, communities, but also, um, you know, the Speaker Pro or Senate Pro Tem, Speaker of the House, um, chairs of the military committees, um, and uh, constitutional officers. Um, as well. Uh, so we have a great organization that we're able to, to support our military through. Um, you know, one of our most recent projects uh, was the creation of a website, which we partnered with, uh, with Aniston and with our military communities to, to, uh, to, to field, um, uh, heroeswelcome.alabama.gov. Um, it is the first um, in the nation uh, statewide resource page uh, for military families, and we're continuing to, to build that. Um, and as part of that, we brought on um, a military family liaison, um, Jen Holiday. Uh, she is the wife of the former garrison commander at Redstone Arsenal. Um, and also she helped us build Heroes Welcome. Uh, and uh, she has been going out and, uh, in our communities and, um, and, and building networks uh, to provide support uh, for military families as they transition to our state. You know, another big facet of our job as the Military Stability Foundation and the Commission um, is a legislative agenda. 
and uh, we work with Lieutenant Governor's office. Um, we work with um, the Defense State Liaison's office out of the Pentagon. Uh, we work with uh, the Council of State Governments um, and uh, a variety of different sources, uh, including Air University in Montgomery uh, and, and folks up here as well, um, to field a package of legislation. This is our second year fielding it um, you know, through, the, through this Lieutenant Governor. Um, and last year, obviously things got cut short due to COVID um, and we weren't able to move that package forward. So we had a really ready-made um, set of bills um, that we could we could move forward. Um, you know, first bill that um, that we we put forward was the tall structures bill. Um, this bill was asked for by the Army, um, understanding that we have a national asset in our airspace here in Alabama. We um, need to protect our airspace, and so this bill requires that any municipality that's granting a um, a permit for a tall structure uh, would have to go to the military department and make sure that, um, that, that they have some input on that. They, the military department can't veto the decision. They can't stop it. But what they can do is provide that insight that, you know, hey, we've got these landing fields here. Or, you know, if you, if you go down the wiregrass, especially, um, you know, there are landing fields and, and staging fields all throughout the wiregrass, South Alabama. Um, and, uh, you know, if you impact that, um, then we could lose that mission. Um, and so we have to be very careful about protecting that asset. Um, you have to understand 50% of all flight hours in the United States Army happen from Fort Rucker. Um, and about half of those are flown by people who don't have their wings yet. And so we have to make sure that that is clear airspace. Um, and, and so we have, to, we have to focus on that. Um, the next sort of tranche of bills I'm gonna discuss is um, uh, related to spouse licensure reciprocity. That's one of the main facets of military quality of life that the Department of Defense has focused on. We passed a bill in 2018 um, that provided pretty blanket um, uh, reciprocity for military families uh, and uh, it left a couple of groups off, um, but there also have been these compacts that have been created. And that's where you know states will get together um, and pass you know issue specific compacts that provide reciprocity, not just to military families, but to professionals throughout um, the nation. And we had three of these compacts that we passed this year, um, physical therapy, psychology, and audiology and speech therapy. Um, those join our EMT um, and also our military um, spouse JD network um, that provides for, for um, uh, lawyers uh, that, are, that are spouses as well. So, um, the key is with these military reciprocity bills is that you wanna make sure that as military families are moving from station to station, that the spouses are able to maintain a fulfilling and successful work life as well. Um, and if they have to pick up and move to a new state and then figure out how to get licensed um, and then you know, try to find a job with that mm -hmm. license, you know, by the time they do all of that, it may be time to move again. Um, particularly as you look at, you know, the short-term uh, assignments like coming to Air Command and Staff College for a year. Um, you know, by the time you get through the process, it's already too late. Um, and so this provides that, you know, seamless entry um, for military families as they come to our state. Um, another bill that we passed was a military charter schools bill. Um, we, one of the other facets of military quality of life that the Department of Defense is focused on is quality public education. 
Um, and so we're working uh, particularly around Montgomery um, to make sure that there are good options for military families as they come in. Um, the uh, communities have worked with Air University, including uh, Prattville, um, Pike Road, uh, Wetumpka have all worked with Air University to provide um, the ability for um, military families to attend those schools if they choose to. Um, and then also we did that further step of actually confirming that they'll, they'll get treated as an exchange student might rather than a transfer. And so they don't use that, lose that year of eligibility if they need to play football or um, you know, other sports, that kind of thing. Um, but the, the charter schools bill is just another tool in that toolkit. Um, there is currently the only um, stateside Air Force Dodea school um, uh, in the entire Air Force um, uh, on Maxwell. Uh, and it is currently a K-8, uh, but they would like to turn that to a K-12. Um, and so we're, one of the ways that we might do that is through a charter. Um, and uh, that, the, this bill just provides that if you build a charter adjacent to Maxwell Air Force Base, that that charter would be um, accessible first to airmen and their families. Um, another bill we got passed was troops to teachers that just streamlines that path uh, from the military service into um, a, a teaching um, uh, career. Um, we also passed a bill um, on in-state tuition continuity. Um, that's important because if you're stationed here with your family um, and you go to Auburn University um, and then your family moves, uh, previously you would be in danger of losing your in-state status if your family moves away. And so this bill passed and, um, and so we will um, be able to maintain that, we'll have that continuity uh, for um, children of service members, even if, they're, um, even if their parent moves out of the state. Um, we also added um, members of the minority um, party uh, to the commission. Uh, that's another bill that we passed. Um, we also passed a, a bill ensuring a um, lifetime uh, hunting license for disabled veterans um, and um, free pistol permits also uh, for, uh, for honorably discharged veterans. Um, another piece of the legislative agenda that we got passed this year is a Purple Star Schools program. Um, this is something that was new to the um, Defense State Liaison's list of priorities, but um, since our Air Force friends at, at Maxwell had already started working with us on this, we had a plan in place and we're working with the Department of Education already. Um, so uh, we're going to be continuing. We got a resolution passed um, back in February and we're building this program, uh, our, our military family liaison um, is, is working with the Department of Education to build this program. And, and basically in order to be named a Purple Star Schools, uh, they have to have certain, um, meet certain requirements uh, that uh, make them military friendly. Um, they have to designate a military liaison within the school. Um, they have to create a resource page for military families on their website. Um, and they have to establish a student-led transition program um, so that when a military child comes into the, the school, they get offered a, a mentor peer mentor that can sort of show them the ropes uh, and make sure that they have a smooth transition into our schools. Uh, we also passed a bill last year, uh, which was really important. It was one of the only pieces that actually got through of our package um, that um, uh, the virtual schools would be available um, based on um, a 
military members orders. Uh, so once they get those PCS orders, they can go ahead and enroll their student um, into the, um, the program, the virtual school program, uh, so they can get started right away. Um, and so that entire package of bills got passed um, and uh, the governor signed it uh, into law, signed them into law last week, as a matter of fact. And we expect a formal bill signing um, sometime next month. Uh, we're still waiting on the dates for that, um, but we will be sure to let everybody here know and um, we'd love to have you join us. Um, so aside from the projects I've mentioned so far, we also do projects in our communities. Um, you know, we recently partnered uh, in the last couple of years uh, with Aniston uh, to do a, uh, an economic impact report that you may have seen in the Aniston Star. They did an insert um, and uh, re really good stuff, um, you know, because most of our, uh, our, our folks don't understand um, exactly how important uh, the military is to Alabama. You know, it's 8% um, of our GDP, $20 billion um, over the state. Um, and, you know, people think about the military and, and know that they're thankful, but they don't realize how thankful they should be. Uh, we're, we're one of the top 10 states in terms of percent of GDP uh, from the military. Um, and so we're, we're very proud to serve in Alabama, um, but we're also uh, very thankful for the impact um, on our state. Um, a few more of those projects are, um, you know, we also uh, were integral in getting the F-35s assigned to um, Danley Field, the 187th. Um, you know, as, as, as you're, you may be aware, uh, we have some F-16s at the 187th now, and those are uh, slated for retirement. Uh, so to get that follow-on mission, uh, we did things like provided um, funding for design work for um, inter-control points and just upgrades throughout the system that, you know, in, in, in you know, active duty military, it gets paid for, you know, through Milcon dollars and that kind of thing. But when the guard we don't, we don't have that. Um, and so the communities have to get together um, and, 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 and join up to make sure that uh, there's everything we need for bed down of those assets. And so we're really excited about F-35 coming. We also recently did a SWOT analysis for Fort Rucker. Um, they're looking at some missions that could flow um, to Fort Rucker from other places in the country. Um, and uh, we wanna be ready. Um, and we wanna help our delegation understand um, you know, what the opportunity is, first of all, and second of all, why it uh, makes sense for it to come to Alabama. Um, and then, you know, finally, we were, uh, we played a very big role, with, uh, probably one of our bigger investments in the last 10 years of existence, um, you know, in funding the Space Command pitch uh, for the Redstone Regional Alliance. Um, obviously, we had, a, we had a successful pitch for that. Um, uh, and uh, in addition to, to funding, uh, I worked closely with the Redstone Regional Alliance team um, to um, draft letters for the governor to send to the Department of Defense based on, um, you know, what we were willing to offer. Um, and, and obviously, Alabama won the day on that and won it by a long shot. Uh, now, there are a lot of folks that are um, out there, particularly um, Colorado, um, trying to yank it back. Um, but uh, we won based on the merits and uh, we're, we're, we, uh, you know, Colorado, as we understand it, actually ranked in the, in the bottom third um, of, of, of applicants, but they have been quite noisy. Um, but I can guarantee you that if we had something similar to what they're experiencing, we would be very noisy ourselves um, because they, they think it's theirs. And, uh, and so uh, we're excited to be receiving it. And you know, the other side of that is you know, there's a GAO investigation. It's not an investigation, but a review. Um, there's an IG review as well. Those are natural parts of this process. 
Um, there's another side that's not public, um, which is, you know, the Air Force is visiting um, in a couple of weeks, uh, Redstone to start that bed down process. So um, while there is this sort of political tumult over it, um, the Air Force is already moving forward. Um, the final decision date is 2023, um, but we expect that um, we'll move that up actually, because that's based on getting some economic, or sorry, environmental impact data um, that um, most of it has already been collected because as a matter of fact, uh, this is the second time Alabama has won this. Uh, we won it last year um, and then it got thrown out and um, then they went through the whole process again. So uh, we expect this one's gonna stick. Um, and, uh, but, but during that last process, we went through a lot of the economic, or sorry, the, uh, the environmental impact study work that we had to do there. Um, so with that, if you have any questions, I'm happy to try to answer them or if you get a tough one and we'll ask Chuck to come up. I guess I answered all the questions. They're dazzled. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Another organization's got a lot of moving pieces. Um, basically, the foundation is the working arm of the commission. And so if there's something that needs to be funded, the foundation gets the money and appropriates it like it's supposed to. Uh, our foundation has helped the Anderson community a pretty good bit over the years. We hope that continues. We know it will continue. Um, the, uh, I know we got a couple of things going on today. I think uh, the TACOM commander is visiting the Anderson Army Depot today with Congressman Rogers. And who did you tell me is it in Montgomery? Chief of the National Guard Bureau, four-star general, uh, is visiting with the TAG today. The Adjutant General in Montgomery. So Alabama's got a lot of things going on you don't already think about that, but um, on the, another thing on the foundation and the commission, you know, it, they represent, or we represent all communities, military communities in Alabama, starting up with Redstone, Huntsville, Birmingham, Anniston, uh, Montgomery, and then Mobile. And then of course in Montgomery, you also kind of go to the, to the east a little bit and get in sort of the Fort Benning area too, Columbus, Phoenix City area there, so we've got a lot of a lot of things going on, and we uh, keep keep something going in all the regions. So we're very well represented, and uh, again, it's big business, and uh, we get a lot of that business, and we hope to get it continue that business. And uh, politics change a lot of things, and so that's one of the things Robert stays in touch with is our political side of the house. So that concludes our two briefings today. If anybody has any questions, please submit them in writing. We'll get back to you in a couple of months. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're planning our next meeting will be uh, June the 9th. Is that correct? This year. And uh, we'll have a, a briefing from the uh, Anderson Army Depot, Bill Trude and his guys. So uh, anything else I need to cover? Linda's saying no. I couldn't understand you had your mask on, Nathan. What did you say? I saw Rick earlier at CDP. Hey, Rick, I see you. You got anything for us? Actually, we'll be we'll be glad to follow the depot. 
uh, with their after their presentation. And uh, yeah, we're hoping uh, you know once the country uh, opens up a little bit more that uh, we'll have more to share with y'all. And so that'll be perfect timing for us. And we appreciate the 187th or 167th rather for stepping in for us today. Sure. Well, we're all partners in this and we got a big team and uh, everybody's on the team. And uh, so uh, it'll hopefully we're getting everything back into the flow and back into rhythm. And uh, as, as this coronavirus, everybody gets their vaccines and that's more and more. So that's all we can hope and pray for. Thank you again for joining us and we look forward to seeing you again soon. So I guess we'll, we're over. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.